I went to USA Basketball training camp, and I caught up with Walker Kessler. Yep, Walker on the podcast on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. I'm J.P. Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. I was worried that I would have to watch Barbie and Oppenheimer back-to-back every single week just to get through this basketball desert that we're in called the offseason. After Summer League, not much going on. What's happening? When am I going to be back to watching basketball? And then I got reinvigorated going down to Vegas. It was awesome to be down there to watch Walker Kessler. Because let me tell you, one, so many people are there to cover this. And so many cool basketball people are there. You know, Bill Raftery, the legend, I go up to him and ask him what he's having for dinner. He says onions. There's Jeff Van Gundy, Grant Hill. This is a really cool basketball place. Because you know the history. Dream Team, 92. All the gold medals. And then you realize a jazz player is on this team and representing the USA. While I think his role on this team will be situational and it'll be different from what you may have expected, it's really cool to see him out there playing on this team. Because Steve Kerr, he allowed us, the media, to watch the end of practice. And I was there for the second day of scrimmages. So not the first day where the select team beat the full national team, but I was there when it went the other way, when it went the right way. And so seeing how Walker fits in, he won the shooting competition the last day. He was shooting threes with Mark Few in shoot-around ahead of the game against Puerto Rico. You could tell like he's building on his game. He's trying to get better. And in the international game, he's going to be tested. You know, Out in space, right when he came into the game, end of the fourth quarter, you could tell Puerto Rico was trying to get him in space. Put him in a high ball screen, see how he defends. Ethan Thompson nearly tried to pack it on him, but Walker was there to adjust the shot. And it's a shame that he didn't get the block stat, but he got his first national team points. He got his national team debut. He's going to be a part of this process, probably not next year, but 2028 isn't out of the realm of possibility. He's going to get better as he develops into what he wants to be, which is a Defensive Player of the Year candidate. 2028 is going to be pivotal for him. Next year, you're going to get the big guys in the fold. This isn't the Coach K, Jerry Colangelo, USA basketball team where you have to have two-year commitment and play in the World Cup. Grant Hill and Steve Kerr are lax on that. They'll allow you to float in and out. So when Anthony Davis, Bam Adebayo, Draymond Green, they come back next year for Paris, Walker's going to get squeezed out. He's not going to be playing for this team. But 2028 absolutely could be on the trajectory. Jazz sent a huge contingent down there. Will Hardy, Danny Ainge, Ryan Smith was there. They're there to support Walker because they know it means something. And they know how much gravity putting on the shirt for this team is. It's cool to see. His team doesn't have a lot of international experience. And this USA squad will have to go through it ahead of this World Cup. Because the U.S. doesn't have the same success that it has in the Olympics. 
They've only won this competition two times the last six tries. And the last time they played it, they came in seventh. So who's going to be the leader? I tend to think it'll be Jalen Brunson. Who's going to be the leading scorer? Should be Anthony Edwards. And then who are going to be the bigs? Right now it's Jaron Jackson Jr. Kerr went to Bobby Portis second and then third Paolo. Paolo's going to be playing small ball five and you're going to need a big to push the ball in transition, get things going. So Walker's going to be very situational. Not many teams have centers that plant themselves in the paint. But if they need real rim protection, Walker Custer can go out there and do it. They've got Slovenia in the next exhibition, and then World Cup starts against New Zealand August 26th for the USA. And on top of that, the Jazz have more players in this tournament. Kelly Olynyk's going to be on a stacked candidate team. Jordan Clarkson's the hometown hero playing for the Philippines in Manila. I imagine the crowds will be insane. Larry Markkinen exploded at Eurobasket last season. What is he doing to follow up in the next international tournament? And Simone Fantecchio playing for Italy. He was a big part of their success, Eurobasket. How's he do with a full year of NBA experience under his belt? And then after the World Cup, season's basically here. Training camp. It's back. Five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. It's called Round Ball Roundup. I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame this weekend, so I'm probably going to hit you with a podcast after that. I don't know how I got into the Hall of Fame, but this is probably the only way that I'll ever make the Hall of Fame unless they come up with a podcast division in 2050. And even then, JJ's going to get a spot ahead of me. Podcast P, Joe and Renee Ingalls. This is the only way I'm making the Hall of Fame. So I'll be able to see Hall of Famers in person. Holly Rowe, shout out. Greg Popovich, Dwayne Wade, the legend Mark Spears, Becky Hammond. It's going to be a cool weekend. I'll hit you with something on the other side. I'm amazed that they let me in. How cool to be around the festivities. But right now, it's time for Walker Kessler. Wholesome Walker on training camp, Team USA, his off-season, right now. Walker Kessler on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Walker, where were you when you got the call that you were going to be involved with USA Basketball? Well, I was actually working out at the practice facility in Utah, and I was working out, you know, whatever. And Jay Z comes on the court and says, "Walker, you like stop? Like I need you. I need you to take this call." So I was kind of freaking out. I was like, "I don't know what's about to happen. I'm about to get traded." It was night. Like I was getting everything was going in my head. Um, and he said, "It's coach. You know, it's Coach Willardy." Um, I was like, "Oh, okay." So I took the phone, um, and Coach was like, "Hey, bud, like, what you doing?" And I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, working out, coach. And he was like, well, just want to say congrats on making the USA team. And I was like, oh. <laughs> um, you know, I definitely was kind of speechless, but, you know, they, they voiced their congrats, and here I am. This is something that's completely new. You were involved with the U19 at some mm-hmm. point with mm-hmm. trying to make that roster, but 
this is a big one. This is go- yeah. going for the FIBA World Cup. What was the feeling that you got receiving that call and realizing mm-hmm. you're going to be playing with the full national team? You know, I feel like like every kid watches like the Olympics and like watches like the dream team and like the, you know all these like USA teams and to to finally be here representing you know the US it's it's an unbelievable honor um you know and I'm just excited to have that like flag behind me and you know wave behind me but um cuz that's a it's a cool picture always for every athlete but um yeah I mean it's an unbelievable honor and just so so thankful for the opportunity how you go about integrating into the squad because this team doesn't have much international experience you're all going through it almost at the same time how are you guys trying to build a team yeah you know i think that they did an unbelievable job of selecting the guys um obviously all incredibly talented but more than that they're all very unselfish they're all buying into a common goal of trying to win and everyone understands that it's going to take the whole team to win gold um and you can feel that in the way we practice the way we play um, everyone's just playing hard and playing for each other. Being one of basically two really bigs mm-hmm. on this team with you and Jaron Jackson Jr., how is it being one of the two Big. really tall players? You know, I think that obviously my defensive prowess is a big word. My defensive Use ability <laughs> um, on the floor, and, and obviously Jaron's an unbelievable, you know, unbelievably talented defensive player as well. Um, having that role of being a defensive anchor, you know, I'm really excited. And I'm excited to to learn from Jaron because obviously I want to be, you know, a defensive player of the year eventually and seeing what he does and how he made it, um, you know, it's an unbelievable opportunity to learn. How are you getting adjusted to the rules? Because it's very different. Yeah, a lot different, a lot different. Um, You know, first off, no defensive three seconds. So it's back to college days. I can camp, camp in that paint. I mean, I can set up a tent, bonfire, have s'mores I can do the whole thing um so that that's an adjustment but you don't want to sit for too long because obviously uh all those European teams and all the other teams you know everywhere not just in Europe but most of them have unbelievably talented guys that can all shoot um so you can't overhelp necessarily because they're so good at swinging the ball and kicking it but still understanding that you know you can if you can stay in that help side for a pretty long time. And then obviously, you know, the goaltending role, um, if the ball's yeah. on the rim at all, it's a live ball. Like you can hit it out. So if it's like, you know, shooter's touch might not apply because I can go up and hit it. So that's been an adjustment. Um, what else? Then like not even on the defensive side, but there's a like when we're on offense or I guess defense too, whenever there's like like the ball – is like a, like a dead ball in the half court. You can't pass it past the full court. It has to be in the half court. So you have to get in the half court. So that's a massive adjustment, but also an advantage on the defensive side. Um, so just kind of stuff like that, you know, getting used to that, obviously getting used to the ball and, you know, the distance of the three-point line um, and stuff like that. I feel like for you, goaltending must be such a yeah. difficult one because you might you think you're doing it wrong. I know. It's hanging on the rim and, and you can still add it up. Definitely, like... A couple of times, you know, I've been watching bounce off and be like, oh, wait, I can go, you know. But also on the offensive side, you know, you can grab and dunk. Right. But guys won't be mad, you know, like, that was going in, man. You don't got to steal my point. But um, no, I'm, I'm excited to, to see how it applies. How is this team getting ready for this tournament as you have not only this against Puerto Rico coming up mm-hmm. in the exhibition, but you've got Malaga. You're going all over the place before you play the in right. 
You know, I think that a lot of the other FIBA teams obviously have gone to training camp earlier and, you know, have been in, but I feel like for us personally, we're doing an unbelievable job of, of coming together and meshing so quick. And, you know, props to our coaching staff. You know, we have a staff of unbelievable coaches. Um, and so just trying to to learn from them and to buy in, you know, to what we're doing. And obviously we have incredibly talented guys, but more than that, like I said before, you know, unselfish guys. And I think that these exhibition games and this experience before going to, you know, the Philippines, I think that's really where we're going to learn and mesh. What are your expectations for yourself? You know, I think right off the bat, like I was saying before, you know, being a defensive presence, um, you know, being a defensive anchor and having, you know, that paint controlled uh, to some say. Um, and then on the offensive side, you know, crashing the glass every time, you know, being a, a presence in the paint and having guys, you know, drawing guys in, being able to catch on that short roll, operate on that short roll. Um, and just playing hard and playing to win. How are you gaining some chemistry with some of these point guards? Because I'm sure it's very different from what yeah. you, you had in Utah. You were even in, at Auburn. You right. Tyrese, you've got Jalen Brunson, a couple of really good guys. I think, you know, when you play with guys like that that are so incredibly talented and are unbelievable passers, it's not super hard to, to really, like, if you know how to play the right way, um, I kind of just roll, and if I'm open, like I, I can trust that they'll find me. Um, you know, they're unbelievable passers and obviously unbelievable scorers as well. But just the way they operate, and, you know, they're very vocal, so it's not not hard. Well, we talked about this during the season. Screening was something that you had to improve on mm -hmm. where you are now. You've gotten better. Mm -hmm. How have you seen yourself even take a step during this USA process? You know, I think it's kind of too soon to say because I think we've only had two practices, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Forget I don't, how yeah. short this arena camp. It is a little short, but um, you know, just just learning how to talk to guys, you know, who I'm setting the screens for, and learning what they like, which hand they like going to. Um, I can definitely say that I've, I've taken a step in in that, you know, in that way of being able to make it more personalized for the for the person I'm screening for. How is it going against the select team? They were able to get you the other day. Yeah. A time honored tradition. Yeah. I, I heard I've heard the yeah, I've heard the whole all the stories. Um I mean, those guys are unbelievably talented as well. You know, I mean, Kate Cunningham, Jalen Duran, right. those guys were playing really well. Um it was it was fun, you know. It was a blast, you know, and it was it was it was good to see what we did because that team obviously is, you know, like they, it's a select team, whatever that team. They're one really away. good. Yeah, yeah they're one call away. One of you exactly. Down. Exactly. They're right there. They're they're unbelievable. Um, and I'm sure they could compete in you know the FIBA World Cup as well. So going against them, I think it's a lot. Of, you know, a great experience. How unique is Chet? He seems like mm -hmm. a really unique. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, obviously everyone knows, you know, how skilled he is, obviously his size and his length, but more than that, you know, he is not afraid of anything. You know, he, he takes it to your chest every time, um, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder and, you know, every player on the court can respect that. Looking at how your year went with the Utah Jazz, first time to talk to you after making first team all rookie, after finishing top three in the rookie of the year, have you reflected about what you were able to accomplish and trying to put that in perspective that, wow, I actually did something mm -hmm. that was really good and really good for me? Yeah, you know, I'm not great at giving myself a lot of credit. I won't lie to you. Um, 
but you know, I, I do recognize, you know, that was, you know, it was a special, special year. Um, obviously not, not the end goal, but I also recognize, you know, I was put in a lot of good positions and I was put in an unbelievable system and my coaching staff was unbelievable. My teammates, I couldn't have been able to do it without them. And then just the, the jazz fan base itself. I mean, it, it was unbelievable. Um, you know, selling out every game, that atmosphere was electric, you know, even on bad games where I, I would, you know, even my DMs like, hey, keep your head up. You know, like the, the jazz fans are just unbelievable. And I'm so, so thankful to them. Well, and now you want them to give you restaurant recommendations. Exactly. Exactly. I, I'm asking for a favor as well. Okay. So give him restaurant recommendations in his DMs along with giving him some prize. But how do you go through those highs and lows? Like, that's something that you have to prepare yourself for your rookie year. It's not going to go 100% great. How do you think you handled it? And how, how yeah. did you go into the offseason? You know, I think. In college, you have a bad game. You have about a four-day stretch where you're kind of just lingering on that game. In the NBA, that's not the case. You might have a back-to-back or a day in between. You're not. You don't have a lot of time to really, you know, just delve into what you did wrong. So you have to get past it quick because you can't let it snowball and get to the next game and have a stretch of you know instead of one bad game or two bad games, have five or six bad games. So just trying to not get too high when it was high or not get too low, but trying to stay consistent and really lose yourself in your work and find confidence in your work, that that's what worked for me. And, you know, I, I'm extremely thankful to have an unbelievable inner circle and an unbelievable family that really helped me get through those low times. And I think relying on the people closest to you during those times is, you know, really important. And ultimately, a little more good times than bad right right and then they also keep me humble in those good times yeah. <laughs> so it, go, yeah. it goes hand in hand uh so who was keeping you humble most everybody because i met you i met I your brother, brother houston the dog yeah sister everybody <laughs> there's nobody that's not keeping me humble is somebody uh specifically good at the trash talk with you keeping you humble oh i mean i i don't really get a big head myself but if if it ever does happen that they they always be like hey Calm down now. You know, it was one good game. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm extremely thankful for them. Uh, I want to talk about a couple of plays because they really stood out from that first year. The double block against Bam. Mm-hmm. That game, one, you you really went through a stretch where the first half was one, one thing, the second half was a, a different thing. How do you go against that type of player who's so skilled, so versatile as a big and ultimately getting a, a double block? Yeah, you know, Bam is, I'll talk about his defensive side first. I mean, he can guard one through five, yeah. basically. Um, you know, a very, very versatile defender. And because of that, you know, going against him on the offensive side, it gets a little frustrating sometimes because he's just so good at switching on screens and, then you know, just guarding a whole team. On the offensive side, you know, his, his mid-range and face-up game and being able to shoot that shot is – you know, it's very, very tough to guard. One thing that I'm good at is, you know, I have natural length and height, um, and I don't necessarily have to overcommit to a shot. Um, if I remember correctly, I think I was in hell. He came over to, like, shoot a layup or a dunk, and I blocked that. He got it back and then shot a fader. Yep. I kind of, when, when he shot, when he started rising up like that, he was he was dead meat in my eyes because I knew that I was getting that ball because of how long I am. I don't have to, you know, jump make some super athletic play i mean I, i'm basically right there um so that's just you know that, that was just the way the the cookie crumbled on that play and you know i went with it and 
I think we ended up losing on a buzzer beater that game, but um, you didn't. Yeah, Tyler Hero coming yeah. out in the three. You know, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> not to keep you humble. Right, right. But um, but yeah, no, that was just just one of those plays. What is it about this league that, I mean, bigs are? You have an Embiid, you have a Giannis, you have a Jokic, you have a Bam. Like this, yeah. this array of bigs in the league. You, you think you know a couple of years ago it was all going to be about Steph and three point revolution, but bigs are coming back. Yeah, they're in this league and they're ready to play. I think, you know, not to bring up another analogy about cookies, but there's not a, a cookie cutter big in the league. You know, there's there's so many different kinds of bigs and so many different things that they all do and so many different things that they're all great at. Um, from, you know, being able to handle the ball, being able to play make, being able to pass, being able to shoot, being able to, you know, work out of the ISO. I mean, like you said, bigs are unbelievable. I mean, there's no coincidence that the two of the, you know, MVPs in the past year were yeah. both bigs. Uh, I guess three because Jokic was a two-time, but I digress. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a fun league, and, you know, there's just – it's a lot of fun. You know, being a big is, is a fun time. <laughs> it's a battle for you. It is a battle. Every it's, single It's a lot of fun. What excites you about year two? What have you been working on this offseason? I already read that you're putting on – the story came out, 15 pounds of muscle. It's never 15 yeah. pounds of fat. Yeah. Keep yeah. the gain in the – I listen – that would have been bad. I mean, I did say five pounds of muscle because I've been working, but it could have been pounds of fat. I could have came in here all chunky, some crumbs on my shirt. So you're talking about cookies. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, you know, as far as the second year, I'm really excited to to hit the ground running. Um, you know, going into this year, having some you know, familiarity with, with the league and the NBA and being comfortable and knowing what, what I do and what I can immediately do from the start. But no, more than that is applying what like what I worked on in this offseason um, and applying what I've learned from last year and having more confidence in that and, you know, getting a bigger role asked of me because of that. And, you know, I, I welcome it, you know, and I know my, my coaching staff have been unbelievably supportive and encouraging. And because of that, you know, I'm just, I'm just pumped for it. You got three new teammates out of the draft. It was the first round. Keontae George, Bryce Sensabaugh. Taylor Hendricks, it's their first year. Yep. If you have any advice for them, what would you give? You know, I think it goes back to what I was saying about staying consistent. Don't get too high on the highs. Don't get too low on the lows. You know, the, the season is so long. There's so much time. You know, the, the use this year as a year to learn and just try to learn as much as you can. And every time, every chance you get, you know, whether your shot's falling or, you know, something you make a mistake, just try to impact the game as much as you can to win. And try to learn and, you know, ask advice. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And that's, you know, that's what I did. And it went, went decently well. Are you expecting Coach Hardy to dress up as you for Halloween this year? That would be really funny. Because <laughs> you dressed up as him. I did, right? yeah. <laughs> I did. Um, I, I would, I, I hope so. What does the impression sound like of Coach Hardy? I don't know if I can do that. <laughs> um, Maybe that video that I took would get leaked one day, but for now it stays. Okay, stays. all right, all right. Um, but if he he does it, you would be. I would. I would have fully accept. Oh, that would be so funny. And like seeing what he would like impersonate, it would be. I would be laughing very hard. He'd have to do a good job of it. Obviously. Right. I think you would have to bring up the fact that you apologize to him all the time. Probably. 
Probably. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Probably would have to do that. Because it was the, fr- what was it, the free throws that he said you apologized? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. <laughs> Probably. I'm sure I apologize for a free throw here and there. Uh, how are you going to use USA Basketball to blossom in, yeah. in this? You know, I think, obviously, you know, this is an unbelievable experience, you know, playing under these coaches that are unbelievable, like historic coaches, playing with these players that, you know, I've been in the league and learning from them and just trying to see how I do on the international stage. But more than that, just trying to learn as much as I can from it. Um, you know, just like I said, just the resources that I will personally have on this trip with USA Basketball is just it's unbelievable. Is there one teammate you want to block who's in the World Cup? Lowry. I want Lowry to try to dunk on me and I block him and just look at him like that. But obviously it goes hand in hand because he might sneak one past me and dunk on me. And even if that happened, I was, I don't know. I, we, would, we, would, we would probably laugh about it. But yeah, I'd say Lowry. And he he was dunking the other day. I know, I saw. Saw that. Reverse dunk was nasty. Yeah, was <laughs> He's coming back yeah, with a vengeance. Yeah, yeah. He learned a lot in boot camp. <laughs> and it happens to Biggs. They yeah. get caught sometimes. They do get caught, speaking from experience. How do you get past that as a big? You just, you just, it's part of it. Understanding that's right. part of the job. Um, you can't, you can't get so focused on that. You know, go down, just really, whatever that happens to me, you just gotta be like, ah, chop it up. <laughs> you know, it is what it is and just keep running and try again the next time. I have a pretty short memory when it comes to that kind of stuff. But it would be extended if Lowry gets you. That I don't think you would hear the end of it. I probably not. Probably not, but I would be I would be okay with that. I think I don't know if I'd be okay with that. <laughs> I was gonna say I, mean, I don't know. If I, I don't know. If I'm gonna I'm gonna walk if he tries to dunk. I'm gonna walk. I don't know if you would do the dual press conferences like you did last. Yeah, year. I might like scoot over a little bit or something like yeah. that. Yeah, that so, might be difficult. We'll see. Group play begins for the FIBA World Cup and Team USA at the end of the month. They've got New Zealand, Greece, Jordan. He's on the team. He's Walker Kessler on Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com. Walker, thank you so much. Of course. Happy to do it.